that's one of the hidden gems of the PlayStation gaming. Lady in a leotard with a gun. And it's it's sequels. It's truly a masterpiece of gaming. Mm-hmm. You'd think one of the hidden gems would be like one of the Pokemon games, like Emerald or something. That's not on PlayStation, though. Mm. But on PlayStation, you have Lady in a Leotard with a gun. Mm-hmm. And I, for- I forget the other ones right now, but truly, truly peak gaming. I feel like it should be a guy in a, le- in a Leotard with a gun. It, it's, it's, it's his own thing. Um, I think it cost 69 cents. It was interesting. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. All right. But uh, moving on from that, today we are talking about a discussion we mentioned in a previous episode, I believe. Many previous episodes. Many previous episodes. A topic I think we're both passionate about, books versus movies. And, well, not just movies, movies and shows and it's stuff. Kind of like the, the source material versus the... The adaptation, uh, yeah, yeah adaptation. adaptation. Yeah, and 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 you know, you can also have two, vice versa. Of that you have, you can have things that start as the opposite medium that turn mm-hmm. into the other, like movies that turn into books, or yeah, or anime that turn into manga, and uh, and I think people forget that. Yep. But this is the debate: spicy, steamy, dreamy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, kind of going in, uh, just digging right in, kind of into that reverse thing, like mm-hmm. Star Wars. Star Wars mm-hmm. largely started out as a movie, mm-hmm. as the movies, and the kind of fan fiction, per se, mm-hmm. and the um, extended universe, as what most people would say, was really, really good, um, mm-hmm. until Disney decanonized that, but really good until then, and The Old Republic was really great. So, I mean, mm-hmm. getting into what this discussion is about is about a lot of people always say like oh the book is better than the movie always 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 say the book is better than the movie or oh this is it's so bad it's so bad in comparison or something like that Mm -hmm. um and i think both of us kind of agree that Mm -hmm. i don't think there's much of a comparison to be made i don't Mm -hmm. think comparing them is fair Mm -hmm. or representative of what they stand for because mm-hmm. I think I think it's like the classic uh, idiom you're comparing apples versus blueberries. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think there's a lot of times where like both can be good in their own respects. Mm-hmm. And for me, digging into this, like me, the big example for me at least is Witcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read two of the Witcher books. Mm-hmm. Working on a third, I believe. Yeah, I am working on. A, I haven't started the third book yet, but mm-hmm. I've read enough Witcher that I know a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first two books that I've read covered the first two and a half uh, seasons, basically, mm-hmm. and a little bit of the third. Now remind me and for listeners who might not be familiar with Witcher, which came first was it because witcher has kind of now built its own Mm -hmm. universe so now it has a movie and an an animated movie and it has a tv series and it has the games and it has the books so which what's the order so uh the first was the book series which started out as its own kind of mini series and expanded into a book series uh written by uh andres andrej shapkowski it's a very polish name i Mm -hmm. still fail to understand it i think it might be norse i don't know it's one of it's either polish or norse Sure. Andrzej Shapkowski, something like that. That was the books first. He wrote the mm-hmm. book series, and then the games came out. It was the most popular being The Witcher Three, very great game, world renowned, and that, that really popularized. I think mm-hmm. that game specifically popularized the Witcher franchise mm-hmm. and made it uh, mainstream. So a lot of people knew the Witcher series after that. I think that was the opening point. Mm-hmm. And then came, of course, the Netflix adaptation. Mm-hmm. 
which super popularized it, kind of mainstream to everyone. Like, almost everyone knows Witcher by now. Mm -hmm. And then the animated movie came afterwards. And if you, real quick synopsis, Witcher is a... Fantasy. Set in a fantasy world where there are witchers. Which are like hunters. They're hunters, but they're kind of genetically modified humans with magic that hunt monsters. For coin, as they say. Mm-hmm. And the universe is a very dark and gritty universe, and there's it's a, a whole crazy and chaotic place. Crazy and chaotic place. And it's very well written and very well done, and it's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. So, what I really like to compare though here, I, I actually haven't played too much of the games. Actually, I still haven't finished Witcher 3. I need to. Mm-hmm. But getting into this, the the main thing I want to compare is the book versus the Netflix adaptation up to their third season, which a lot of people actually took issue with the third season. Mm-hmm. Or, no, not the. It only has two seasons, right? I don't even know what this. Yeah, I think I you're cannot. right. Two se- no, Yeah, they're working on the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's right. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it's been a, it's been a while since I've watched The Witcher. Um, but very good. Uh, people people had a lot of issues with the second season because it kind of strayed from the source material. And that, that's what I want to get into. So you have these books which are really well done and really well written and I really thoroughly enjoyed both of the Witcher books that I read. Uh, I think the first one a little bit more. I think that was The Last Wish. It was which I, uh, what I read first and that one was really well done. I think the other one I read was uh, Blood, Blood of the Elves. And both are really well written books and I don't like reading books as many you know as you and I both know. We don't like reading, but from what I did read, they were enjoyable, very just fun. But this is where I'm kind of getting into. I don't think they compare. I don't think it's fair to compare them because I believe that shows and adaptations are exactly what that that word is, an adaptation. Mm -hmm. I don't believe media should be, or adaptations should be copies of, you know, their source material. Because I believe artistically, that's not fair. And so here's the thing: I totally get the argument because, like, when you find a book, so I also am not a reader, so this argument may arguably be biased. However, let me continue. Hear me out, and let me present my argument here in saying that. So no, I don't like reading. Mm -hmm. When I read books, I'm reading nonfiction. I'm a mm. boring nonfiction reader. reader. Yeah. yeah, I like reading history books. I like reading books about social justice and in autobiography like and mm. you know, things that have actually happened or are going on in the world and things that might improve that. But I so I don't really like to read fictional books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and largely because I don't like creating those images in my head. Like, it's, yeah. it's work yeah. for me to read it. I don't want to have to do all the work. <laughs> Honestly, f- for me, like, when I'm reading, mm-hmm. I find myself a lot of times, especially if it's, like, a fiction, mm-hmm. like, even when I was reading The mm-hmm. Witcher, oftentimes I get distracted kind of making my own... Yeah, it's really confusing. Making and, my own visualizations. Yeah, yeah, to the point where, like, actually it helps having a visual first. Mm-hmm. So seeing a movie first or seeing the visual version. Yeah. And then going in and reading the mm-hmm. written version because then now yeah. you have images. And even then, book reading is still not my favorite. Oh, yeah. Fiction book reading I, I, is not well, my And that's, uh, this is why I, I'm using the Witcher example because it's the example that, that I can use best to describe what I'm getting at. Right. Um, but I will say, before you well, yeah, hold yeah, on yeah, to your yeah, thought, yeah. I will say to finish out my thought that. You know, I'm not a fictional book reader. I do find it difficult to grasp these concepts, but I I liked reading. I like to read webtoons, so my uh, those are fictional, very fictional mm-hmm. stories. 
often isekai. So definitely we're talking fiction here. And I do like these Korean web novels. And when you read the Korean web novel, when I read the Korean web novels and I hear that there's a a webtoon version coming out, I get really Mm -hmm. excited because now I get that visual for it. So I understand as a novel reader why you would want to see everything in its entirety be played out. Yeah. Because there are certainly definitely moments depicted in a book that you might get really excited for mm-hmm. that you want to see displayed <laughs> that will never happen yeah right and so i understand that i think what i think where the problem is is uh, again you're adapting so it's no longer the same meaning you really can't you're not given that same allowance mm-hmm. um to just be free with words now you have to make that fit a budget and fit uh yep. you know the, the concepts you have a lot more rules you, you have a lot more rules to fill and you're not just i mean in, in novel writing you're just one person mm-hmm. you're the author writing the novel and then you just have to get it approved by your publishers yeah whereas you know, when you're making film or television, you have so many moving components. Yep. You know, and not to say that novel writing is easy or getting yeah, a book course, published is easy. I'm just saying that there are less pieces. Less obstacles. Or, yeah. yeah. Less less constraints mm-hmm. that you have. And so, and too, like, it's impossible. Your favorite moment might not be someone else's mm-hmm. favorite moment. And your least favorite moment exactly. it's, it's might be someone to else's to everyone. favorite moment. Right. And you can't capture that entire... It, it, it's an entirety when you adapt it to the next median because of those constraints, yep. because of the what it's being adapted to. And I think that, you know, you've, you've created, that's, that's the thing about reading mm-hmm. novels without pictures is that you've created the idea based on what the author has given you. Yeah. And so people get really upset and they'll be like, well, that's not what it was written like in the book or that's not how it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. And it's like, well, yeah, but also like novels are kind of open to interpretation and interpret open to your imagination. And that's the whole point of them. So to say like, oh, this didn't match the novel visually is kind of a a bit frustrating Mm -hmm. because you're like, well, you're the one who was who made that. Exactly. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. Unless the author, like, really drew it out for you. Yeah. And, and even then, it's like, but again, you're adapting and you have to see some changes sometimes. Mm. So, um, but again, I, I really wanted to harp on that, like, idea of how you think of The Witcher. Mm. I think of that whole, like, webtoons versus uh, web novels. And there are definitely times when I get really excited where I'm like, yeah, I really want everything depicted from this yeah. web, to- web novel. It was really good. Um, for example, we talked about in the writing episode... How one of my favorite um, examples of good writing is the web novel, uh, How to Get My Husband on My Side. Mm -hmm. And to me, that one is an exquisite web novel. And it's an exquisite piece of writing. So detailed. So wonderful. There are so many things that I read that I am just like, I I was so excited to see them played out in the webtoon. And the webtoon being limited to so many panels and being the fact that someone draws that with their wrists on Mm -hmm. a time, like, on a limit, you know. Like, webtoons are, you know, they have, like, I think less than a week to complete so many mm-hmm. panels. panels, panels, and it's, like, multi-layered, multi-colored, and, and you know, so you have that, that time constraint, and also the physical constraint, mm-hmm. and it's not your original writing, so... Yeah. You know, of course things are going to slip through, and so, anyway, I was really excited to see 
this how to get my husband on my side turned into a webtoon but it being a webtoon and having to deal with constraints definitely was lacking some of the magic and some of the elements and some of the moments that I really was excited to see. Mm-hmm. However, on its own, the webtoon is still a fantastic webtoon. And yeah. I love reading it. And the novel is nice to have to go back and read extra of. Yeah. Does that make sense? To get more of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And having that visual now, it makes it easier for me to visualize those moments. Yeah. I think, too, like, we talk about... Because, you know, we have the movies versus books. Uh, when I think of the adaptations, right, how are we defining, you know, the debate yeah. of movies versus book? And I, I think, it, like, when you're talking about compared adaptations, obviously you have books to movies, mangas to animes, web novels to webtoons, mm-hmm. books or shows to games, and also vice versa, where you have games to sh- mm-hmm. shows, like Cyberpunk and Arcane. you have Arcane. And many of that being a very common theme, like it's, it's becoming more common to see those games turned into shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was always the movies that were really bad. <laughs> but... I mean, but then again, you have like the movies that are like Sonic and Mario being turned into mm-hmm. movies. So like games just being games being turned into videos or mm-hmm. digital forms with story that's not game format. Yeah, is <laughs> definitely becoming more common. So I think these adaptations are typically how we would define like what we're talking about in the debate. Mm-hmm. And and I think that what it comes down to for both of us is that we agree in this debate that mm-hmm. w- when you change the modems. Yeah, they're going to change. And I think that you have to look at them uniquely. Exactly. And so, I mean, not my my go-to is definitely always going to be Webtoons, web novels. Because, Mm. (laughs) you know, there's there's one Webtoon that I can think of that I'm like, oh, actually, I really like the Webtoon over the web novel. I think it does a better job of this. But again, ultimately looking at them separately and being like, oh, they're good companion pieces Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say this is better than the other one yeah i just think one might be more detailed or one might be you know more yeah inclusive but you know we may have talked about this once or twice before there's one example of a manga being turned into a Mm -hmm. an anime that we were the first season was fantastic yeah spot on way better than the manga could ever be it was impossible to make the manga that good because how could you have the how could you ha- possibly have the Isabella's lullaby yeah. hit in a manga form like exactly. it hit in the, the the anime and then you have season two roll out and they're like hey heads up uh, we changed this and it is completely different and we're like going into it and we're like it's fine like mm-hmm. you know I, the first season was great and. The ending wasn't as ideal as I would have liked it to be in the manga. I think it was open for continuation. Yeah. And so we went, I think we went into it really just being like, yeah, it could be great. Like, watch it on its own. But the problem, in case you haven't caught on, we are talking about... Promise Neverland. Promise Neverland. And I think Promise Neverland is the ideal candidate for a bad example of an adaptation yeah. in that it but it's also a good way to explain why it's a bad adaptation because when you adapt something 
it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But it has to, because you're saying that these are separate things, right? Because you're saying, oh, this person may never have watched, have read the novel. This person may never read the novel. That You want them to be able, you want it to be able to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And the problem with Promise Neverland season two was that it was never able to stand on its own. Yeah. Because you watch it and you're like, well, what are, like... Emma's character, who season one was this really great character, now becomes that annoying character who's just completely idealistic because you don't have the arc of her understanding. Yeah, the demons. The demons. And, and it's just, there's not really a conflict of her being like, I want to save the humans, but I understand the demons because yeah. I've seen it, because I've lived it. Yeah. And instead, it just comes off as her idealistic personality. Mm-hmm. And I think someone who's over idealistic like that is an annoying character because it's just frustrating. Yeah. You know, it just seems They're being un- moral just to be moral. Yeah, just to be moral. And it's not realistic. Yeah. So you have to be able to, when you're adapting, you have to be able to have it be good on its own. Yeah. It has to be able to make sense. It has to be able to has to be able to add, contribute, excel on mm. its own. Exactly. Whereas, you know, Promise Neverland just didn't meet that expectation and yeah. being able to create like even if it didn't follow that same story arc, being able mm-hmm. to replicate something of that matter of yeah. grizzliness. And that's what I'm kinda like going going back yeah. to Witcher. That's what I'm kinda getting at is because I, I did read the book. I read the books after I watched Witcher. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I watched Witcher season one, then read mm-hmm. two books, then watched Witcher season two when it came out. But obviously there's differences between the show and the books. Mm-hmm. But I actually, again, this is preference, but I preferred the show. And even though I really did, I really did thoroughly enjoy the books. But I really did enjoy the show more because it makes improvements in character beats that are good in their own right mm-hmm. <laughs> hello boris you're podcatting uh but the witcher makes its own decisions like uh, probably the biggest change in a witcher that i think was a good change was yes gear's character Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, fantastic! Um, and that was from the choice from making him uh, just a, kind of a name change, but also a little bit of characterization change was uh, was Dandelion and into Yeskir, in which I actually preferred Yeskir's form and. Because I think in the books he was not quite as much of a main character. He was just kind of a he showed up every now once again. But in the show he was much more of a pivotal piece, you know. Yeah, and the comic relief. That you and the mean. comic relief, yeah, but. I, I think it was a, a, ben, a beneficial change. But th- uh, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Is like, But I guess uh, moving on from that is, again, with the whole, like... And most people, what they didn't like was the season two changes. Because they had a, quite a few changes in the, season, uh, in the second season. Which I didn't notice too many of them. But overall, I don't think they were horrible. I think the I think what from what I saw the biggest complaints were like having to do with Yennefer her powers being taken and then also her betraying yeah Geralt also spoiler alert <laughs> yeah big spoilers for the show but and yeah that was I think it had to do with um also the flame guy I forget his name 
Oh yeah, 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 that one. But yeah, I think that was a big change. And but I, I think they made changes in their own right. And I think because again, you're exactly right. And they have their budget. They have a lot of other work that needs to go in. And you have people that want stuff. You know, yeah. a lot of fans calling for hey, season two is in development for a little bit of time. You know. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying hey, we want this. We want this now. You know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pressure. And I, I think the writing was a little not the best, but. Overall, I think it was fine. I think season two turned out really good in its own right. And again, it's putting its own spin and its own flavor on it, you know? That's moving on. Another example. I don't know. What's, that, what's another good example of uh, books versus shows or movies? Um, I think it might. So in the webtoon web novel universe. <laughs> so there's a web novel that I was reading first and it was called How to Get the or How to Hide the Emperor's Child. So there's How to Get the Emperor How to How to Hide the Emperor's Child and then How to Get My Husband on My Side. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. These are the two that I really think of when I think of this debate. And How to the, How to Get My Husband on My Side did a really good job in the novel in the webtoon which just kind of like could never match up to it. And How to Get how to hide the emperor's child i actually think the webtoon has done a better job because one of the frustrating things about the novel was it just seemed like it dragged on and on (laughs) like with this misunderstandings and the webtoon did a really good job of kind of like speeding up the timeline making one of the characters more likable and again really that like timeline thing where it's like actually the the panels of the webtoon being a shorter condensed version actually worked in its favor because Mm. it made it kind of move through the story quick whereas the novel really just drug on and on and Mm. increased and it's frustrating to read that especially when you're when you have web novels that it's kind of like you only get a couple chapters at a time you can't finish an entire book in one session yeah unless it's an older one and even then it's really hard to find the translated like to english web novels um so you're reading like one chapter at a time basically of something that's really drawn out and annoying and the webtoon did a really good job of just being like mm, nope we're gonna shorten that we're gonna make this go a little bit quicker and we're gonna make the characters a little bit more likable mm-hmm. there was a webtoon that when holly and i first started getting into webtoons and i think this is pretty much if you're in the webtoon world it's pretty universally hated mm. <laughs> but it I guess I should save this one for the... We'll save this one for the rant episode. I'll try to remember it. (laughs) But there is one that... It was one of those examples where they 100% needed to change the story from the novel. Yeah. Like, I don't know when the novel was written, but, like, especially when you have times change, you know? Yeah. Uh, when when you're adapting something and times are changing, definitely mm-hmm. change the change the story and change the content. Like, yeah. Make it, make it to what you need it to be and that was one of those examples where it was just like this was a terrible terrible and it was really sad because the manga or the webtoon artist who was just adapting it got literally so much Mm -hmm. hate (laughs) so much hate but no i mean and, and again it just comes down to that whole idea of like you just have to be able to do it well mm-hmm. you when, when you're doing a adaptation does it make sense are you conveying what you need to convey you know are the character motivations there yeah. are the plot points there and 
can it stand alone? And if it yeah. cannot stand alone, then you haven't adapted it right. Yeah. Unless it's like you're explicitly making it a continuation. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just one of those. And honestly, like, that, that's why I'm going back to the Witcher thing. Like, mm-hmm. I knew about the games, and I, I thought the games were their own for a long time. I, did, I didn't know there was books. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the show, and I didn't know there, again, I didn't know there was books. And I thought the show stood fine. It was only until I learned there was books and read them that was like, oh, yeah, there's a couple differences. But it's not bad. They, again, they stand on their own. Right. Uh, another example I wanted to talk about, this one comes to my mind a lot. And I'm I'm probably, I might get flack for this. I don't know. People disagree with me. That's uh, Tokyo Ghoul. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people had issue with Tokyo Ghoul, specifically second season. In that it very much deviated from the manga by not including a ton of stuff. You're right. Mm -hmm. But I haven't read too much of the manga. So I didn't, I I can understand that season two was lacking Mm -hmm. from what I have heard and what I've seen. I I understand that it was lacking. But again, looking at the first season, the first season was incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a classic for a reason. Mm -hmm. And then season two kind of exists. But Tokyo Ghoul Re was really skipped over by a lot of people when that came out. I thought Tokyo Ghoul Re was really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't read the manga, of course, but from my perspective as a viewer, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great continuation of the story. I thought it was a natural kind of flow. And I don't remember hearing too many people complain about Re because I think it does still have its differences, but I think, you know, it stands on its own, you know? That's about the only thing. I, again, there are like, you know, the, the game adaptations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. when that came out, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Games were nothing special. They were kind of mm-hmm. just little side <laughs> Pokemon games. But the the movie was really great. And Sonic, so I I need to I I actually really do want to go watch the new Sonic movie that came out. But well, it, we are all in agreement that none of us are watching Mario, Mario until yeah. they change Chris Pratt out. Yeah, gotta get rid of Chris Pratt. Get rid of Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Like li- Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Just don't have him swap so- it out with literally anyone. Grab. Grab a New Yorker off the street or grab an Italian. Yeah. No, James and I were talking about, like, I was, I was, there was somebody who suggested the voice actor who plays Linda on Bob's Burgers. Yeah. And I can't unhear that. Like, I <laughs> love the idea of the Linda, the voice actor who does Linda mm-hmm. being Mario. Like, I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at the very least, 10,000 times better than Chris Pratt. Yeah. No, going back, there's, you know, also examples of times when an anime is way better than a manga, mm-hmm. clearly. Oh, yeah, way for sure. And and I think that really comes out with, too, like, pretty much any of the music ones. Like, I love the music animes mm-hmm. because they're, they typically are done so well. They do such a good job of portraying how you play music, mm-hmm. and they're just such a fun time. And if you listen to our anime episode, recommendation episode, then you'll you know we have a little category for this so the ones that i'm thinking priority are like kono oto mm-hmm. dame cantabile and these are ones that have mangas yeah that are so good well i yeah. don't know about no dame but these have mangas and they're good to read but like you can't hear mm-hmm. well and that, that, that goes back exist. to our that goes back to our soundtrack episode too like mm-hmm. i think a lot of people don't realize that like when you read it when, when i when i read the witcher books you know it's a fine read but mm-hmm. you can't it, it it's almost like the 4d you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't see it. You can't hear it. Mm-hmm. You can't smell, smell it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, having that visualization and 
like Isabella's lullaby, you know? Mm-hmm. You can hear it. You can it puts emotion to it that you mm-hmm. wasn't there before. So maybe maybe the book has more description, maybe it has more meat to it per se. But the adaptations in the shows and the movies will always have something better than books in that they have sound. They have Yeah movements to them you know and i think that's a fundamental difference that books will never have over also i think people don't realize that like in books you can get more description in right yeah and you just can't possibly put every inch of description into a show or a movie you know i think a lot of people forget that but i think on the opposite end of that too is like we talked about in the writing episode how community Mm -hmm. does this community does a really good job of utilizing its background Mm -hmm. right i don't think you can really do that in books where you're like also while going on in the background Like, where you're, like, the entire time. I always love the idea of, like, creating a show or a movie where basically there was so much attention to the background, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, like, stated that it wasn't, like, so, yeah. like, I loved the idea of doing a show where basically there's an entire subplot going on mm-hmm. in the background at all times, and, like, each of these characters have, like, their own name, their own story going on, yeah. but the audience is never told that. Mm-hmm. Like, only... The people who are in on the show know it, and it's, like, up for the audience to catch it. Like, I just yeah. love the idea of that, like, where it's just entirety in the background. Mm-hmm. You have to spot it, just like in Community, where you have, like, those subplots going on. You have some of those subplots where, like, Ovid delivers a baby mm-hmm. in, like, four yeah, episodes yeah. or, like, Beetlejuice mm-hmm. in the background. And I, I think that you, you can't do that in a book well, i think it goes to be like you know books are flat yeah. you know like let's envision like maybe you're writing a fantasy like witcher right mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna keep using this example since yeah, it's yeah. the one i know like you could have a town center a bustling town center you know in the book you're writing yeah it's a bustling town center with uh, people moving carts throughout mm-hmm. with produce and whatnot and you know people are giving stares at Geralt or whatever mm-hmm but that'll never compare to actually the show where you see, you know, mm-hmm. people carrying the carts full of produce. Somebody drops their cabbage into the cabbage stand. And <laughs> it's know? actually Avatar, like yeah, Cabbage yeah. Man yeah, yeah, yeah. nod. Yeah. And seeing these things will never mm-hmm. compare to a book, you know? Yeah. It's that minor world building, you know, that background that you can't get with a flat book, you know? Yeah. You can kind of envision it. You can kind of mm-hmm. see, okay, well, this is a bustling town. You can kind of picture that. But again, that exactly is, mm-hmm. you know, that background stuff portrays it better. I, I think that it really comes down to like, Books really are allow you to use your imagination. Mm -hmm. So basically, like you, and again, well, they hinge on you using your imagination. They hinge on you, and and like I said, it's like you basically are kind of doing half the work, if not more of it, because Mm -hmm. you can also create. Like if you're imagining these things, then you can imagine what's going on in that bustling city. You can make that up, or you can't. Like you know, or you're. One of the problems I have with books is that I have a really hard... I don't remember names very well, even yeah. in shows. I'm just like, oh, it's that white-haired guy. Mm-hmm. That white-haired guy with the long hair. He's um, he's also the hunter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's the witcher. <laughs> <laughs> but One of my big issues when I was reading the witcher books, honestly, yeah. was something I couldn't imagine, which was yeah. oftentimes when they were fighting, they would use names for, like, movements. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what those movements were. Oh, and I couldn't sure. envision them. Yeah. So they would say, oh, this character did this move. And I was like, okay, okay I don't know what that? that means. Yeah. I can't. I just imagine them just, you yeah. know, kind of a white blob and then boom, they win, you know? Yeah. 
That's kind of what I envision. Because in the book, I, I just don't know what that is, you know? Names are really an issue yeah. for me in real life. I really struggle with names. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that I really hate because names are so valuable and so important. And I don't want to be disrespectful to someone in their name, especially mm-hmm. when they come, you know, especially if they're a trickier name. Like, I hate the idea of somebody, like, giving me their native name um, that might be from a different culture or language. And I'm struggling to, like, say it. And I'm like, I swear to God, mm-hmm. you could be Bob Smith. And I would not remember. Or I would have a hard time saying it. Like, I will try to learn so hard, but I swear I will most likely forget this. And I will remember you as the Mm -hmm. person who wears the really nifty glasses. Mm -hmm. Or the person I one time said that one thing to. But especially in books, Mm -hmm. because there's no... I need that visual. I am a visual hands-on learner. Mm -hmm. And so especially in books where you don't have that visual or, like, you know, hands-on contact, there's no way for me to really make that, like, memory connection Mm -hmm. that my my brain needs in yeah. order to remember yeah like and, well yeah like in the uh, you know in the witcher there was a lot of politics going on and a lot of political figures and they introduced a lot of political and figures right. and honestly like after a bunch of chapters you know they'll have a couple segments where you're like okay i kind of get the gist yeah. a couple chapters later you get back to it and you're like who is this yeah, yeah. who am i who am i listening to it's become a habit of mine where i'm reading a book and this it could be a novel it could be like with real people where they actually have real names and their american names or mm-hmm. English names and where they're you know easier names these, these should be easier names but I'm reading it and it's whatever I see it as first and I think of that's how I'm gonna remember it. Yeah. so your name could be Bob Smith and I'm thinking of yogurt and now you're yogurt, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yogurt. oh yogurt but in like especially in web novels where it's like oh these are Korean names that I have to keep track of Korean names and a lot of times the thing about web novels is because they're isekai guys a lot of times these names actually become anglicized so you might have Hankyol at the beginning who becomes like Hana and so they really should be easy names for me to remember <laughs> and yet I'm like oh that's you know Jerry Smith <laughs> that's Jerry Smith yeah but, but in the webtoons it's even worse because I have the visuals. Literally that one that that I will rant about in the rant episode mm-hmm. that I'll try to remember to rant. <laughs> so webtoons because they're in color you know, manga, manga and anime tend to do this too, where it's like, well, if you, when you see the manga cover page or when you see the anime, they have like the weird colored hair, right? Well, Webtoon tends to do like very distinct. So like sometimes, a lot of times your main character either has black hair or blonde hair yeah. or they have silver hair. Silver. So lots of times you just have like hair type, hair colors. And in this one particular one that we were reading, it was like main character had blue hair and there were like two other guys that were like, one had green hair and one had red hair, like yeah. bright prime color hair. <laughs> Webtoon's a whole world, y'all. I'm telling you. But it's great. It's great. I promise. But I literally could not tell you the names of these characters because (laughs) every single time I just referred to them as blue, green, and red. Blue, green, and red. And I would be like, Holly, I hate blue so much. Why didn't she end up with red? (laughs) Or even green. And I only refer to them as the colors. Mm. So so that's like that idea that like visual kind of aids, but also the problem with novels. I mean, that's where like, in shows it's easier for me because I can hear it repeatedly so I'm yeah. like oh I hear it I well, hear and you it, can I put you, you can put a name and face, face to it yeah. yeah no going back to the whole like sound music um, animes you have like Nodame Nodame Kanhabile was a classical music anime manga and so if you were reading the manga you could just kind of look up whatever classical because they would typically name the piece and so you could kind of like look up the piece and listen to the piece while you're reading it but like things in like Koto Ono mm-hmm. where it's like the Koto music Kono 
Kono Oto, I mean, the, the Koto music, the Koto pieces are very hard to find, first of all. <laughs> but second, the author of the manga, in my understanding, literally wrote the manga because the pieces that they had uniquely written for the show were written by like the sibling or something like mm-hmm. that. So basically, in order for you to ever hear the pieces that they were talking about, yeah. you had to have them had a name. Yeah. yeah. And so this anime only got one season and the manga keeps going. And they were talking about another original piece that they wrote mm-hmm. and they're going to competition with and there's no anime for it. And so we're like, you know, Holly and I are like, they better put out a soundtrack for this. Like <laughs> somebody better be recording this yeah. and they better put out a CD. We will buy all the copies mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you write it, but how am I ever supposed to hear that yeah and even like it's like a competition and so you have like currently in this in the manga you have they're in a competition and so there are other pieces going on and i don't even know that they're non-originals but like mm-hmm. again it's such a unique instrument and it's such it's so hard to find that music especially because japanese privacy copyright policies tend to be much stricter so it's much harder to find music yeah Probably for the better, <laughs> but no, but it's very hard to find those things. And so you have these, you have this manga that's written basically specifically for these pieces that are being written, but you have no way to hear them. Yeah. And I think that's one of those examples where it's just like, yeah, no, a hundred percent the anime is going to be better mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to hear it unless you can have that companion piece. Yeah. So I guess, uh, getting to like final remarks, I just think the crux of this debate for me at least is just... At at the end of the day, they're books versus movies. Uh, I'm just going to say movies now. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we didn't really include any movies, but... None. Yeah. We started with Star Wars. Star definitely. Wars. That's all that matters. The thing is, I don't really like movies. Yeah. And I've said this before, I'm not really big into movies. I much prefer TV shows and like webtoons and animation. Like, I'm I'm a child. I like mm. cartoons. I, the Bob's Burgers mm. movie was good. Yeah. That was went from TV show to movie, and that was good. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess it, real quick, another one that was booked a movie was Godfather. I mean, that was a classic. Um, was that a book? Yeah, it was a book before it was a movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really good. Um, I didn't read the books, but I know they were very good. But I think the movies stand on their own. You know? Oh, well, clearly, I didn't know yeah, there was a book. Classic. But moving on to my final statement, I think the the end of the day, they're very different. Yeah. In the books, you can, of course, get description and details that you just can't get in mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that. Um, but... I think it depends on who you are and what you want. Like, if you really want it to be more up to your imagination, Mm -hmm. then the book's normal for you. But, Mm -hmm. like, for me, it's a clear answer. I'm lazy, and I like pictures. Mm -hmm. So, for me, again, I'm not a movie person, (laughs) so... It's going to be the the visual version. The mm. one where I can see it is going to be the better option for me with mm. few exceptions is going to be my choice. Mm. But it's not to say that those other mediums aren't good. Mm. It's just that my preference will be the one that I can see because that is how I focus and that is how I enjoy and, you know, diverge and enjoy content. But, you know, Holly and I were talking about this too, though, because like Holly was saying, you know, like her ADHD brain doesn't really like... <laughs> TV shows anymore. The mm. idea of TV shows and movies, the overstimulation is almost too much for it, right? Having the music, having the sounds, having the visuals, having the flashing, like it's almost too much for her mm. because she has ADHD and so her brain has a hard time following that. So Holly will oftentimes be found more reading her web novels mm. than prefer or manga rather than the anime or TV versions. You know what mm. I mean? 
Whereas I 100% will always choose the version with more going on because mm. I am the opposite where I need more like stimulation. My brain needs to multitask. I hate just doing one thing. Like I need multiple things going on for me to enjoy what's happening. Mm. But what I also want to hammer in is that like, I also think at the end of the day, it's all the books and movies are art forms mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it truly gets boils down to what the artist has intended. So for mm-hmm. the adaptations, for what whatever the director, mm-hmm. whatever they wish to include is their choice. Right. And I think people need to separate it from, like, these are their own separate things now. I, I think right. once, once somebody makes an adaptation, unless it is the very same creator, like, mm-hmm. unless the author of the book mm-hmm. is now the one making the adaptation, yeah. I think then it would be like, yeah, you want to stick as close as possible because it's now mm-hmm. the actual person's intent. Yeah. But when it's somebody else's intent, I think it's a separate art form now. It's its own thing now. Yeah. And I think people should understand that, like, when and adaptations are made it's exactly that an adaptation mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that's for me at least it should not be the same thing right it should not be piece for piece it should not be like a lot of people say like harry potter oh here's a book versus movie right mm-hmm. you know harry potter oh the, the the books have these the books have these mm-hmm. but the movies do this again i think it you know i think the movies should be the way they are i don't think mm-hmm. they should be carbon copies of the books because mm-hmm. that's I, I just don't think that's how art should be you know mm-hmm. um, and clearly because you know she turned out to be a whack job. <laughs> yeah, take it wrong. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's the artist's choice. And I don't think art should be copies of each other, you know? Mm-hmm. People can use AI to make copies of the Mona Lisa. You can just get a photocopy of it. But if you want to create an art piece of the Mona Lisa, make it your own. You know, mm-hmm. why I make the same thing? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's yeah. not art anymore. That's just a copy. Yeah. Which is why Mona Lisa is so sad. Yeah. No one's making her original. They're just copying her over exactly. and over again. Exactly. It's not even her best side. That's right. It's not even her best hair day. That's right. And people can just keep using that picture. Uh-huh. So. Petition to give Mona Lisa a makeover. <laughs> so really what I'm trying to say is the people that complain about, uh, you know, choices in movies and stuff are whips. <laughs> <laughs> you are the problem. You're the problem because you just don't understand. Ah. But yeah, that's that's all i really have to say so see you in the rant episode see you you in the rant episode next next final episode we can play more oh yeah next final episode the final final episode because we're ending it forever just kidding that's a joke don't. Joke. Don't, don't don't listen to that. No, season but then we take a break. Two on E episode what no one season one season, episode twenty. Season two on E? It's two on, it's Are we on entertainment E? <laughs> season two episode yeah. one. But until then, season one, episode twenty ending. Yeah. And then we take a little break season because we're tired. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done any more, but we're tired. No, just kidding, but we also want to finish this.